1: Thank you for your presence today. As Pastor Mander continues his message on making the most of the precious gift of time, he shares biblical insights on God's commands to worship and commune with Him. As Christians, we must be aligned with God's specific purpose for creating us in order to maximize the specific gifts He has given to each of us. God's Word tells us that He knows the plans He has for us. Our role is to trust in Him with all our hearts and lean not to our finite understanding. To follow his plan as he directs, have Bible pen and paper handy.
2: Let's pray as we prepare to preach the gospel. And Lord, we pray that you would just help me now to preach in the power of the Holy Spirit, realizing apart from from you, we, we can do nothing. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would arrest the hearers of the word. And I pray, Father, that you would Help us to receive what we have come for. I pray that, it, that there will be a tremendous move of God through the message of God. And that souls will be saved. Those who are running from God will be arrested by God. Those who have drifted would come back to Jesus. Give me clarity of mind and thought now. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. Well, we preached part one first Sunday last Sunday, and we're going into part two. The title of this three part series is How to Make the Most with the Precious Gift of Time. How to make the most with the precious gift of time. Uh, it is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. And the word of God reads Therefore, be careful. How you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And from this passage, we want to preach part two, how to make the most with the precious gift of time. I sincerely believe that time is one of the most valuable gifts given to us by our Lord. The reason many of us misuse it is because we do not think it is a gift from God. Time is a gift from God. It is not just a gift. It is a sacred gift. It is a precious gift which causes us To forget that it's a gift, what causes us to forget that it's a gift is that we take it for granted. Uh, We've had time for so long until we just think we're going to get more of it. Uh, But you're not guaranteed having more of it. It is a gift from God. Beloved, what on this side of heaven are you doing with the precious gift of time that he has allotted to you? It seems the older we get, the faster it moves with age. Have you noticed that? The older you get, the faster time moves. Huh? It just, I mean, and it's gone. Uh, reality begins to set in that we have more days behind us than we do ahead of us. This means we must make every moment count for our good and God's glory. Life is so short and the years are passing so fast. God is a God of equity. He has given us all the same 24 hours in a day. Some of you don't get 24 hours and others get 34 hours and others get 50 hours in a day. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. There are believers who make great and wonderful achievements while others, when reflecting back on their lives, have little or nothing to show for it. In this brand new year that the Lord has blessed us with, what are you going to do with the precious God-given gift of time? Beloved, if you do not ask the Lord for wisdom in time management, your life will be filled with regrets. If you don't ask God how to manage time, your life will be filled with disappointments, guilt, and depression. With that being said, allow us to transition. How do we make the most with the precious gift of time that God has given us? How do you make the most of it? Uh, Number one, you will make the most of your time when you have a worshipful lifestyle. A worshipful lifestyle. This is a life Of worship that glorifies God, who will guide you in maximizing your time as unto the Lord each day. As you worship God, He will. Help you manage your time and not only manage your time, but maximize your time throughout each day as you worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you say, well, what does it mean to worship Christ so I can make the most of my time? Well, to worship Christ is to make much of him. To, To worship Christ is to reverence him. To be in awe of him. To worship Christ is to respect him. To worship Christ is to love him unconditionally. To worship Christ is to submit to his lordship. It is to acknowledge Christ as the all supreme one. It is to acknowledge Christ as superior and God alone. With which nothing or no one, absolutely no one else can be compared. God is God all by Himself, and there is none like Him. One of the greatest passages on worship is found in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 16 verses, verses 23 through 31. I just love this passage. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. As you worship God from day to day, he will show you what to do, how you need to do what you do, and when to do what you need to do. Verse 24, declare his glory among the nation, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the, of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad and let them say among the nation, the Lord reigns. What a passage on worship. Worshipping God, you see what it does. Worshipping God will align, will align your life with God's plan for your life. When you worship God, uh, He 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 will fulfill the purpose for which He has ordained for you. When you worship God, He will set your schedule and your agenda each day. When you truly worship God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, when he is the object of your faith, and when your sole purpose is not to make much of yourself, but to make much of Christ and glorify him in all that you do, guess what happens? God ushers in clarity of mind. He helps your thinking. He removes the craziness out of your mind. He settles your mind when it's disturbed. He gives when you worship Christ. He gives divine guidance as you navigate uh, the the spiritual booby traps and satanic snares in life. Worshiping God ushers the presence of God in your life. You know what worshiping God does? It it ushers in spiritual excitement. Some people are so dull and drab about their faith. I mean, when, you re- when God has arrested you and when God has grabbed hold of your life, you will smile. You will light up. People will know that you have been with Jesus. You won't look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. Focus at what's wrong with you? Why do you act the way you act? What, what is this? I, I see you going through things, but, but your demeanor has not changed. Your personality has not changed. Why are you the way you are? Because of my relationship with Christ and my worshiping Him day by day to the glory of God. When you truly worship God, He, He creates within you a spiritual excitement. When you worship God, it removes the spiritual dross, which is dullness. Worshiping God removes the dullness, which is being spiritually slow. To be dull is to be sluggish.
1: As we contemplate our use of God's time, we must be honest with ourselves. Are we making use of every opportunity to talk with God, walk with God, share the victory of living for Him with others? Are we standing firmly on his word when confronted with the evils of this world? Are we walking wisdom and discernment as we witness to others? Are we bold yet loving in our approach to others who challenge our faith? Listen to the word of God as Pastor Rander continues.
2: Worshiping God removes the lukewarmness and mediocrity where the light of Christ has become so dull and does not glow. Worship also removes the sinful residue from your life, such as addiction. Worship will break the addiction of talking too much, the addiction of of self-promotion, the addiction of anger and bitterness and hate and racial prejudice and drugs and technology and on and on, strongholds. Worship breaks depression, lifts your spirit. Uh, Worship removes the suicidal tendencies from you. To worship Christ is to remember his birth. I'm so glad that Jesus came in the fullness of time, born in Bethlehem of Judea. Even now, you ought to say Merry Christmas. Shake somebody's hand and tell them Merry Christmas. Shake somebody's hand on the other side of you if you can. Tell them Merry Christmas. Yeah, tell them Merry Christmas. I mean, this may be January, but we can tell them Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Oh, we ought to be thankful. We worship God as we reflect on his birth. We worship God as we reflect on his life. We worship God as we reflect on his sufferings. We worship God as we reflect on his death, burial, resurrection, and his soon imminent return. Ah, God gave me something earlier this morning, and I want to share it to you. Uh, I inculcated it into this message, and it is this as it relates to worship, what hinders your worship in the Lord's church? Now, you know, it is highly possible that you can you can get dressed up, get your children all fed, get them here, sit and, and not worship. Amen. Satan doesn't mind you coming to church, just don't worship, just don't get serious about God, don't meditate on him, don't worship him, get everything but God. Leave like you came. I don't mind how perfect attendance in this house just don't get transformation. Why is it that so many who say they are believers come into the Lord's house on the Lord's day and yet fail to worship him? I could give you 15 of them, but I'm going to just give you a few. A, what hinders our worship is a distracted mind. This is when your mind is on everything but the Lord. Some of you got uh, your, your cell phones and you're trying to read, your, read the scriptures through the cell and then you got the pop-ups. <laughs> you got the, These things can pop up. That can pop up. Uh, sometimes the battery can go out. That can be a distraction. You, you don't have to go there. And sometimes you'd be surprised how people even text in church. And they they're not... They're not saying why you're not in church. They just they might be texting across across the, the room somewhere. <laughs> Distracted man, your mind is all everywhere. It's what you got to do when you leave here, what you forgot to do before you got here. You're thinking about this, you're thinking about tomorrow, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about that, and all of a sudden, are oh, you thinking about what, what she said or what he said or what he didn't do, how you got uh, insulted, and all these things? And all of a sudden, instead of leaving here, glad you leave here in a hot mess. <laughs> a hot mess. A distracted mind. Come to church, just don't focus on Christ. Uh, What hinders us from worship in the Lord's church? An inability to be still. I'm surprised how people are so antsy. They can't be still. The scripture says in the Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. God is not gonna run and chase you down to develop intimate relationship with you. You, you, can, you can come to church and sit still and still not be still in your emotion and your thinking. And then you cannot be physically still unless you got a, a baby or, uh, or some physical condition. Uh, there are people who just have to move. Uh, there, there are believers who come to church who have to walk around the facilities You fellowship in the halls, can't come in. Fellowship in the media room, fellowship in the extended uh, impromptu Sunday school class fellowship. After Sunday school is out, now you have after fellowship in the Sunday school and you come in the the sanctuary 15 minutes late because you had an extended fellowship. That's all right to have fellowship but not as a substitute for being in God's house in the sanctuary. You at the house but you're not in worship. Huh? Fellowship in the choir and baptismal prep room. Fellowship all over. The, now nothing wrong with fellowship, but nothing ought to take place of being still in the sanctuary of God so that God can speak to you. As a matter of fact, I said before you approach the text or when you come and sit down, I told you something that you ought to say. Every time you approach the word, and every time you come in and sit down, what did I say last week? What was it? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let's say it. Let's say it together. Speak, Lord, your servant. One more time. Speak, Lord, your servant. One more time. Speak, Lord. Your Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Listening. Now, I realize that there are persons, we are ministries uh, that take care of our children. We're not talking about nursery ministry and those who have obligations. That's why they have rotations where they can rotate in and out so they don't miss worship and miss God's people every day. But taking care of those babies and children while you in here, that's worship too as they, as they take care of the little ones. Amen? What hinders us from worship? A judgmental spirit. Uh, you sit in judgment and make comments on what is acceptable and unacceptable to you instead of searching your own soul before the Lord. You know, she didn't have to say that. She didn't have to go there. Oh, you know what they did not say? I mean, you crit- some, some people criticize, they're evaluating people. They evaluate, they evaluate everybody in here except themselves and they don't get better. A judgmental, who, who made you judge? You know, a judgmental spirit. And then finally, uh, what, keep, what keeps God's people from worshiping? Being impatient. Impatience hind, will hinder your worship. In other words, before you can even settle down and begin to worship Christ in His in the sanctuary, you already in the go mode and watching your your watch. You come in here, uh get, get me in here and get me out. And some churches restrict God to one hour, and He's got He better move in that hour, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, you already, some of you, you already premeditate the time you will leave so you can get ahead of all the cars in the parking lot. That's not written down. God just gave me that to say. I'm looking at it like I'm, you say, well, is that on this? That's not even on my paper, but it's, it's coming out. That's selfishness, trying to get ahead. And the person next to you could be in grief or depression. And you run out of here and don't shake five hands or ask, how can I pray for you? Uh, so, so you, you want to leave early, don't you? Ha ha. So, so you find your little specific area somewhere in the back where you can sit to ease out before the service ends. You miss the sermon and the benediction. Do you know what the benediction is? It, it is receiving God's blessing over your life as you are released to go back into a world that is filled with danger and corruption. Do you, some of you all minimize the importance of the benediction. The benediction is God's blessing upon your life. Listen, in it, I want everything God wants for me in this service. I don't want to miss my blessing unless I got to go catch a plane, uh, I got to go out of town, I got to go to work or something like that. We're not talking about you, but there are folk who are set in their ways, and that's just what you want to do. You miss the sermon and the benediction, which is receiving God's blessing over your life as you are released to go back into a world that's filled with danger and corruption. Don't minimize the benediction. Hey, we're, we're invoking God's presence upon your life. Number two, how do you make the most of your time? You must redeem the time in order to make the most of it. You must redeem the time in order to make the most of it. To redeem the time means to buy up and make the most of it. To redeem the time means to buy up and make the most of time. It is to use every window of opportunity that God gives you for his glory and, and your good. It is to use every opportunity that God gives you for his glory and your own good. Ephesians 5.16 says redeeming the time because the days are evil. Here Paul did not use chronos the term for clock time, which is the continuous time that is measured in hours, minutes, and seconds. Instead, he uses kairos, which denotes a measured, a measured, allocated, fixed season, or epoch. God has purpose. God has a purpose and plan for our lives. He cannot redeem the time until we surrender ourselves to Christ. We cannot redeem the time until we surrender ourselves to Christ, obey his words, and serve him to the maximum of our potential. To redeem the time is to make the most of our time as we use every God-given opportunity to walk in wisdom. We need to use every God-given opportunity to, to live in discernment. We need to use every God-given opportunity to live in the Holy Spirit which will enable us to give the Lord the best of our service. Be mindful that it it is absolutely impossible to retrieve lost time. You, You cannot go back and get more time. It is impossible, you cannot retrieve lost time. Number three, how do you make the most with your time? You glorify God with your time when you allow the word of God to govern the activities of your daily life. You glorify God when, with your time when you allow the word of God to govern the activities of your life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. If you desire the Lord to direct your path, you must acknowledge and allow him to order your steps throughout the day. By surrendering your schedule to him, allowing him to set your agenda through prayer. It is through prayer that the Lord sets your agenda. He will show you what to do. You, you, before you get up in the morning, you say, Lord, order my steps, and you sit there, and write the things as he puts it in order of what you should do. And then scratch it off when it is done allow the lord to set your agenda through prayer. Number 4, you make the most of your time when you place value on the things that matter most. On the things that matter most. That's where you place your you place your priority. Possessing the mind of Christ will help you to process and think through your commitments. Did you get that? Possessing the mind of Christ will help you process and think through your commitments before you make them. Decide what is important and what can wait. That's how you make the most of your time. Decide what is important and what can wait. Place your most important priorities on your calendar first. Then add the rest if time permits. You hanging with me? Prayerfully eliminate those things that are really, that really are not priority. Eliminate, prayerfully eliminate those things that are really not priority, but you like to do them. See, video games, social media, sports, movies, gossip, news, politics. That's why some folk are angry and crazy. Too much politics in their mind. Politics will drive you mad. Eliminate those things. Or cut back severely on those things. If they're demonic in nature, get rid of them. Don't play with it.
1: As Christians, our top priority is glorifying and serving our Heavenly Father. Life is too short and the times in which we live bear unquestionable evidence that we must stand for what is right and good according to the Word of God. We must stand up for Jesus who came to save us from our sins. How can we not make the most of God's precious gift of time? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.